the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Hey, Jed, what do we? What do you do? And and being the fine reporter and journalist that you are, a morning like this unfolds, and every every bad story you could possibly imagine, and now you have to you have to deal with it. Before we get into what's happening at the White House. What, what's happening in California with the shooting, and then what's happening in Atlanta? What happened? I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a tough business, as they say. And our hearts go out to those lives lost. But it's just uh, you want to start the Monday off, but uh, it's just sometimes I just feel we're in complete disarray in the country. And then you have to bring. How do you stay focused, James Rosen, when you get the hit and they turn to you on Newsmax and you're in front of the White House and you got to stay focused? It's not easy, uh, but you do it brilliantly. Any tips you can give us, uh, those uh, your colleagues wow. in the business. I appreciate your kind words. You know, you can't do better for a sort of guiding North Star than just the facts, man. Um, and so I focus on the facts and try to get those correct. And then, you know, after that, you focus on context. And, and of course, you know, with the tragedies, the or you should really more properly say the atrocities uh, yeah, that we yeah. saw, for example, in California. Uh, I guess those of us who cover the White House professionally are fortunate that that's not the kind of Generally speaking, that's not the kind of uh, news story that we're asked to cover. We're talking about politics. We're talking about governing. We're talking about policy, generally speaking, um, and not atrocities. Um, it's, our hearts do go out to the families affected by those incidents. When you say that we're totally in disarray in the country, I think it's important, again, to, to keep perspective and to realize that uh, even with uh, the, the kind of spates of mass shootings that we see, they, these are anomalous events. These are not really representative of how most Americans are living their lives every day. And, um, you know, I'm often asked, I've always been asked as a reporter, why, does, why, why do news organizations, or why, why do we focus on so much bad news? Um, and, and we're all familiar with the old adage, if it bleeds, it leads. And I always have taken the view, Joe, that this focus on bad news actually reflects undiminished humanity on the part of people putting together the news. Because if we didn't focus on, uh, let's say, a murder in a local community, um, that would show that we have grown inured uh, and calloused toward those events. The fact that we devote so much attention to it reflects the the fact that we continue to regard such events as yeah. as horrific and outrageous and and remarkable in the literal sense of that word, as in worth remarking upon. If we didn't find worth remarking upon, that would suggest that we become indifferent to those events, and no one would want to see that. 
Yeah, boy, you you are so good, James. Thank you. That that those are comforting words. It really does. And you're right. It's an anomaly, uh, atrocity indeed. Well said, but an anomaly when those things happen. And uh, by the way, James, let's go down to the White House if we can. What's happening with the classified documents? We're just shaking our head. And the, the White House, it's, it's you know, I want again. I'm waiting for a, a politician, any politician, to just hands in the air, going, "Look, I'm sorry, I blew it." I, what was I thinking? Even, you know, I mean, any politician to show that humility would be so appreciated. But what is going on with the White House now? Uh, and and what is the end game here? Because I think a lot of Americans fear this will just go away because it's Joe Biden. And he after Afghanistan and a series of uh, misfired, uh, you know, initiatives that this, too, will go away, the classified documents I'm talking about. James, your thoughts, please, sir. It's not going away because the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed a special counsel, and special counsel don't just go away. They do their job, they investigate, they file reports, uh, they bring indictments where necessary, etc. So this story is going to be with us uh, for some time to come. The latest developments on this, of course, occurred Friday, uh, and, and it would be understand, uh, understandable as many Americans living their lives over the weekend weren't aware of it, but uh, the FBI conducted a 13-hour search of President Biden's Wilmington home and came away with still more classified material. By my unofficial tally, and I, I, I feel tempted to say that in Howard Cosell's voice, by my unofficial tally, <laughs> for the six people who find that amusing, um, it's great. We're uh, looking at six, six individual discoveries of classified documents on Biden-related premises, um, and this would be the first time that the FBI or the federal government has has um, conducted the discovery. Uh, previous instances were discoveries by President Biden's personal attorneys, uh, and um, uh, over the weekend. Yeah. We saw a number of prominent Democrats, including the number two Democrat in the United States Senate, Dick Durbin of, of Illinois, a comment uh, adversely toward the president, saying, in essence, that this is outrageous, that it's irresponsible, that the buck should stop with him. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin, a centrist Democrat from West Virginia, was asked by Chuck Todd, moderator of NBC News' Meet the Press, yeah. uh, about the president's comment last week that he has no regrets about this whole situation. Hmm. And Senator Manchin said, oh, he should have regrets. Uh, so it's clear that, that congressional Democrats are fed up with the drip, drip, drip nature yeah. of this, yeah. uh, even as they continue to maintain, as the White House does, that there are very significant differences between this case and the Trump Mar-a-Lago documents case. But everyone is obliged to acknowledge that at the heart of the matter, the concerns about the security of classified material are essentially the same in both matters. Uh, uh, James got it. So hopefully this will unfold. And with with uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, uh, I, I doesn't seem to be doing herself any favors. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, James. You're there and and in the White House, and there are great reporters like yourself that just don't get called on by the White House, and that infuriates a lot of us because we're yelling questions when we see the press conference. Uh, yes, we do get that upset sometimes when we yell yell at our TVs. Where's James Rosen? That you know we're asking that question. You know, but she she she's combative with the press. Combative with the press again. Humility, James. Where's the humility from this gal? Is she just that unaware? You can, because she's losing that battle now. When she starts turning up the press, and then the people are starting not to like her, and she seems like a very nice person. 
But uh, I, I, is she being advised at all, James? Do we know? Because her approach right now toward the press uh, is, is just ill-fated towards, you know, to, to the regular public at this point, my friend. A couple of points to be made. Number one, in Friday's briefing where uh, the session began with an appearance uh, from Admiral Kirby of the National Security Council taking questions on foreign policy, Karine Jean-Pierre did call on this reporter uh, to ask Kirby a few questions, uh, wow. for which we are suitably grateful. Um, perhaps it portends a change um, in, in the briefing uh, for this reporter and for Newsmax. Uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, as well, um, one almost has to feel for Karine Jean-Pierre in this situation because uh, it's, it's abundantly evident that she really, she really, A, doesn't know much, wouldn't be in a position to know much about the underlying facts of the documents yeah. and the discoveries yeah. and so on. And B is in a position of only being able to relate that which is provided to her by the White House Counsel's Office. And uh, in that sense, um, it looks to be the situation uh, to a number of uh, veteran observers that, in essence, Karine Jean-Pierre was hung out to dry by her colleagues, given uh, material to relate to the White House press corps that turned out to be false. I know that the White House believes that it's more nuanced than that, uh, but that's the appearance of things, and that narrative has sort of taken a root early on in this matter. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be contentious when um, the White House press briefing is devoid of information. If it's just an endless series of referrals to other entities and individuals and agencies, uh, and you're seeing that frustration play out amongst the mainstream uh, media reporters who are in the front rows of the briefing and who tend to dominate the questioning. Uh, James, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If it, d did she say when she goes, you have to we we uh, will refer you to the White House Counsel. Wouldn't it be great? And did she do this? Did I miss this? Bring out the White House Counsel. Bring out somebody. You didn't miss it. It hasn't happened. Hmm. Um, a a spokesman for the White House Counsel's office conducted a a briefing for reporters that was about 35 minutes long um, last week, which uh, to which not all reporters were invited for which no transcript has been produced or published. Um, and and from uh, what I understand, because I wasn't able to participate in it because Newsmax wasn't invited to it, um, it really wasn't all that, um, that revelatory to begin with. But uh, no, and that's been a question that reporters have been asking. Why don't you bring out the special counsel uh, to the White House? There's different special counsel, we should point out, to avoid confusion. There's the special counsel investigating the matter that was appointed by the Attorney General of the United States, Robert Herr, and then the White House special counsel. It's a man named Richard Sauber. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, since Karine Jean-Pierre is not going to be in a position to answer any substantive questions about the case, the reporters have clamored for the White House special counsel, Mr. Sauber, to be brought into the briefing room. But again, the White House wants to give this story less oxygen, not more. And so from their perspective, they feel that they have no real interest in contributing to the story by, by making that kind of accommodation. The great James Rosen, Newsmax Chief White House Correspondent, kind enough to join us. Uh, James, thank you for taking the time. Uh, Ron, you know, Ron, I always, when I say Ron Klain's name, it sounds like a Jerry Lewis phrase. Ron Klain? The claim? It's just, it's clear. It just makes me think of right Jerry. There, that, I'm so glad I was present for this. That was vintage Piscopo right there. Well, you know, I can't, I know, and I can't say his name without doing Jerry. Ron Klain? Ron? So Ron Klain is, uh, and I, 
Oh, is that not a Jerry Lewis name for crying out loud? Who came up with that name? But he's gone. The guy's gone in the middle of all of this. And he's the, the, gone, but yes. Yeah, uh, well, you know. About the White House Chief of Staff, Ron. Yeah. Bang! <laughs> um, I couldn't help myself. It was infectious what you do. It's always been that way. I want to see you. I want to see you do your news hit outside the White House and go into that. <laughs> Only the most contemporary <laughs> references here on AM nine seventy the answer. So we are we are hit, baby. Uh James Rosen is the White House oh, Chief of Staff under President Biden. He has served uh yeah. a little longer than two years. Uh that's longer than any Democratic White House Chief of Staff at the beginning of the first term has served in more than fifty years. Wow. Uh, the White House the Biden White House has been uh, generally speaking, with the exception of the vice president's office, remarkably free of staff turnover uh, in its first two years. There's mm-hmm. Every single member of the president's cabinet is still serving. Uh, even Janet Yellen, the uh, Treasury Secretary, has indicated that she intends to continue. Uh, but uh, the news broke over the weekend that Mr. Klain is soon to exit. Um, and this is someone who goes back 30 years with uh, Democratic politicians, has worked under th- in three White Houses, is very well regarded as a sort of democratic wise man at this point, uh, and his uh, succeeding him in, as White House Chief of Staff, according to published reports, will be Jeff Zients, mm. who is a former uh, senior corporate executive who was brought in to run in the first days of the Biden White House uh, the coronavirus response, and who is generally regarded as a kind of management guru. Mm. What Jeff Zients lacks that Ron Klain had mm. and has is extensive political experience, but it suggests the appointment of Mr. Science, generally speaking, suggests that the, as the president shifts to re-election mode, uh, they believe that uh, Mr. Science can handle administratively the, the, the running of the White House operation, while those around the president who have more of a political bent uh, will tend to the politics and the campaigns and elections side of things. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.